0: he's already been dead and it's messed with his head it's john's post-life crisis today we are joined by jake kokorowski who was recently with bucky's fifth quarter uh the wisconsin site for sb nation and he's recently moved on and uh, he's become a trader and gone to rivals (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> how are you doing jake did i get your name right
1: well yeah absolutely yeah yeah thanks for the warm welcome yeah absolutely uh no appreciate you having me on this the first show you have john i, I appreciate it and i'm honored
0: you should be honored it's i i'm not <laughs> sure why it's gonna be rough with me just starting out with this stuff but here's the thing today we're going to talk about wisconsin football from a different perspective we're going to talk about nebraska versus wisconsin not from a football perspective but from a fan's perspective Uh, we know the wisconsin we know the perspective about football that nebraska fans have about wisconsin and football and that is a bad is that badger football was historically terrible until a guy named barry alvarez came along stole everything he learned in nebraska and made wisconsin great okay what what people don't go into is what the fans perspective is and that's what we're going to do and we're going to start this out by me saying this i think the nebraska fans approach a football game from a relig- as, as it's a religious event and i think that wisconsin fans approach a football game as it's a social event now that's not to say that nebraska doesn't have social things going on there's a lot of tailgating but the the i the environment surrounding Nebraska football tends to be very strict, I'll say. Uh, I'll start out with this, Jake. I have heard that since Nebraska joined the Big Ten and Nebraska fans have gone to Madison, that the fans there were so terrible that they would never go back. How do you respond to that? Now,
1: to me, that's a little surprising because I felt that usually wisconsin fans have been you know from what i've seen and experienced i haven't you know i'll walk around i've been credentialed since 2014 so you know i wasn't there for 2011 uh when wisconsin rudely welcomed nebraska to the big 10 uh via russell wilson and uh, that game but you know i i've covered those games since 2014 where you know obviously melvin gordon's far away game others uh <laughs> really it really to me it I wouldn't doubt it at at some point because uh, there are always those. I mean, it's it's the whole adage of, you know, a few rotten apples spoil the barrel, right? There's always some fans that are going to go out of your way to be terrible or stupid and, you know, cause a bad experience that then people are going to talk about on social media nowadays and, and whatnot. Usually I've seen most Wisconsin fans be pretty... Tame, and I'm sure they're nice towards others as well. Uh, but you know, I, I guess you know, it, Wisconsin fans do. It is a social atmosphere where there is a lot of. Uh, you have eighty thousand people in that stadium, but a lot travel into the city. Uh, and you know, Wisconsin. You know, Madison has over three hundred thousand people, but you know, it grows exponentially on Badger football Saturdays. So you know, I I think. You know, I think there's always going to be some cases where people are treated really bad. Uh, but I also feel that, you know, for the most part, from what I've seen from Wisconsin fans, when I'm walking around and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go around, you know, Regent Street, I'll go around, uh, you know, uh, Randall Avenue, I'll walk around Union South or whatnot before I enter the stadium each day, uh, each game day. I feel that Wisconsin, I mean, for the most part, things are pretty tame. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm there two hours before kickoff and I, and people haven't had, you know, three to four beers, uh, or alcoholic beverages before entering the stadium. Uh, you know, so, but you know, from what I've seen, it's been, it's been tame, but I I wouldn't doubt if there's bad experiences. I mean, I think it happens everywhere too, though.
0: Okay. You mentioned the 2011 game with Taylor Martinez. That was my first game in Madison. And one of the things I remember, I, I tried to forget the game, obviously, i uh, everything i thought about madison was a great experience i personally love going to games there but i will tell you that at that game a group of wisconsin students came up to me and said and yelled at me fuck nebraska and i looked at him and i looked at you know i turned and yelled fuck wisconsin and after that we were all great friends they were like high-fiving me and they're like yeah 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 i i think that they did that because i'm an older person you know i'm crusty and old barnacles coming off of me uh maybe just because it's really fun to irritate old people i don't know but if students at nebraska did that people at nebraska would literally i don't know the spanish inquisition of nebraska football would hunt them down and tell them how evil they were and how we can't (laughs) greet guests that way that's the difference you know what i mean
1: yeah no i i think i mean obviously wisconsin the fans and the students, for sure, uh, get. They have. There is a bit of rowdiness. Uh, there is a bit of. I don't even call it rowdiness. I don't know if that's the right word. There. I mean, they're the students. You have the student section that always sells out. They just announced that the student section is going to be sold out. Sold out again. Uh, it's going on past two decades. Uh, and Wisconsin announced that. Uh, I think it was just yesterday or the day before, but it really. It, it's, there's no excuse for that in my, I mean, maybe, I, you know, I, I'm not ah, you're to know getting old. That do that. Yeah, I know. Right. i I got three kids already, but uh, honestly, I, if I feel that with Wisconsin fans, it is does turn into a social, you mentioned it, going back to your thesis there, it, it is a social experiment. It is or experience. It's a, uh, and sometimes obviously alcohol can impair judgment. Uh, I do remember back in 2011, everyone talking about, I think maybe Wisconsin felt disrespected and there's no excuse for this. So don't get me wrong on this. I do remember everyone coming in and it was a big time matchup and the game was tied for or close for, I think part of the first half before Wisconsin blew the barn doors open. Right. But it, in the second
0: th- half, Taylor Martinez came out and threw two interceptions, I think on our first possessions, our first two possessions. And that was it. The right. and,
1: end. So, and, and then Wisconsin capitalized from there. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it, you know, I think Wisconsin maybe felt a little disrespected uh, because everyone, I think if I'm not mistaken, didn't they choose Nebraska? Didn't Lee Corso choose Nebraska in that one uh, when it came to, I think he chose that one on game day. Cause I was there watching that uh, at, at that game day. I didn't go to the game, but I was there at that game day, just to see the experience. I remembered Lee picking Nebraska in that game. So I think there was a hint of disrespect with those that showed up. There's no excuse for it. But yeah, Wisconsin, I mean, you talk about maybe the differences in the social status where it's, you know, very much a a different type of feeling. I think Wisconsins always been known for just being a little bit more how do I put it? open with their language. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not saying I'm not condoning it by any stretch, but um that that's how they are and I mean even with their uh gosh, uh we talked about it before you started recording the um you know, since, since you're able to curse on this, uh, you know, the eat shit, fuck you, right. Uh, you know, chance. And, um, uh, I feel like I need to put soap in my water after that. soap in my mouth after that, I should say, but it's one of those things too, where this, you know, just that chant too, kind of talk or kind of elaborates or is a example of just the way that some of the students act, uh, during the game days.
0: Is that does that chant start on a specific time?
1: I thought it was a song, but I don't know. Recently, I thought. I mean, I'll be up in the press box when we hear just out of the blue, right? So okay. It's section O and Section P in the student sections yelling it, and then you know you see the back and forth whenever they're chatting the first part. Eat s, you know, ah, that f u, ah, you know, and they point fingers on the other side, and that's just part of the. I know administrators don't like it, and you can hear it if if I don't go to a, a road or, you know, if I, if I, for some reason I'm not around or let's say I'm watching a replay to do some analysis from the game, you can hear that. I DVR it. I can hear it on the replay and I'm sure that's not great for well, people. People aren't
0: looking for it though.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, when I was,
0: the first game I attended there, all of a sudden they start yelling and for Nebraska fans who don't know what we're talking about, what happens is at some point during the Wisconsin game, Suddenly, the, the it's parts of the stands just start yelling, eat shit. And the other part of the stands yells, fuck you. And if you don't know what's going on, you're. I, for me, I was like, why are they so angry? What's going on right now? I'm thinking, is there going to be a riot? You know, what's? it was a night game. People are kind of, you know, they've been, been abiding, And I'm like, what the hell is this? And apparently it's the student section yelling yep. this stuff at each other, Absolutely. you know, and again, that, if that occurred at Nebraska, I mean, people would just, they'd freak out. I they just go insane. So, yeah.
1: I mean, and it, it's one of those things too, where, like I said, I mean, I, when I was a student in Wisconsin before, you know, I got in the media late in the game. Uh, but, you know, I, I floundered in retail and, and kind of office work before I found this calling it. You have, you know, so, I mean, I remember going as a student and that chant was there and it was between, like I said, section O and section P. And those, those, those are two sections that are sound. I mean, I'm sure the other student sections too, if I remember correctly, they'd, they'd join in. So if you're on one side of O, you're chanting that. And the other side of you know, P you're helping them out. So that's where it, it kind of all turns into this huge tidal wave of obscenities. So it is, it, it really, yeah, to me, I didn't, I mean, being a college freshman or, and I don't, I didn't even have steen, student tickets all the time um, just because I was poor, broken. I was already in college debt and swimming in credit troubles uh, before I straightened myself out afterwards. But it, you know, going into some of those games. Yeah. You're you're kind of like, what, what is this? What, what, how did this come to be? And uh, but then like, of course you, you don't want to feel left out and the appeal pressure next thing, you know, you're chanting it. So I'm sure I've done it when I was a student back there uh, again, not condoning it at all. Uh, but yeah, it's quite, I know people are not happy, uh, and they've not been happy with that chant erupting for God knows how long.
0: You you know, what's funny about that though? What's that? What's funny is, and we talked about this before we started recording is we don't, nobody knows the origin of this. So it could, it's probably been going on for decades back to the less filling taste great beer commercials. (laughs) <laughs> which I don't it's the 1970s maybe, the late 70s? They were around when I was in college, and like I said, I'm an old crusty man. The thing that I find surprising about this is when people get upset, and when you're a college student at a social event like this, there's no greater joy for you than to irritate the older generation, and you don't even need to be at a social event to do that. What I find astonishing is that You know, people my age forget that they were college students one day and they probably would have done the same damn thing. And now you get older and you're like, well, that's not proper. As if, you know, I guess what bothers me, and this bothers me in a lot of other areas, is that when you get older, you you tend to – you dislike rebels more. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I
1: think it's continued. I think the whole – I'm sure the chance continued because, I mean, it's even just Wisconsin, you know, for that matter, has had a, for for those that haven't seen telecasts of the Badger games, uh, you know, or those that have traveled to Camp Randall, the student section doesn't fill up till maybe end of first quarter, maybe even beginning of second quarter. It's a, because it it is, and this kind of lends to your thoughts on Wisconsin. It's a social experience, you know, and part of it's also, I think, I don't know. I have to I have to look on this a little bit more, but Wisconsin's kind of the policy of getting those students in, I think that kind of lends to it too in terms of maybe a delays in getting those kids in because they'll they'll arrive late too. So they'll arrive late and then and I think it also plays a part too in another tangent where some of the Wisconsin's some of Wisconsin's home schedule hasn't been necessarily great. Uh where let's say compared to this year, right? You'll have the big, you know, a big game, third game of the year on the 21st of September against Michigan. There's a there's a big one there. They also have Michigan State for homecoming on October 12th. So they'll have some bigger names. Uh, you know, 2016, they had Ohio State and they had Nebraska come into town for nighttime games. Uh, but some, you know, 2017, you know, Wisconsin had a pretty easy schedule. So maybe some fans, you know, even 2018, uh, some of the home games weren't necessarily... I would say up to par, you know, up to par in terms of like, oh, the you know, Wisconsin fans want these competitors at home at Camp Randall, Camp Randall Stadium. They want to see bigger name opponents. So maybe there's a little bit of like, ah, oh, we can wait a little bit
0: longer. It's
1: a that's just me speculating.
0: Uh, does it does it irritate people that the student section arrives late? Oh yeah, because yeah. it does in Nebraska. You know, they're all about. We're all about. I say we because I'm not an alone, and nobody argues with me. Uh, it doesn't look good on TV to have those empty seats and then we talk about our sellouts. And this, again, goes back to a, a, like a culture that's rather strict, which is why, you know, I come from the perspective that we think we're attending a religious event. I think, you know, you, you mentioned that the student section is sold out for 10 years in a row, 20? or I think it's like 25. I'm pretty sure. Let me
1: just take a look real quick for you.
0: Just... You
1: can always edit this part out, uh, but it is,
0: we do very little editing.
1: Uh, that's fine then. Uh, <laughs> let's see. It is the 27th street season wow. all season tickets have been sold out.
0: That's impressive.
1: So that is a, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, they'll pay, and, you know, and, and here's another thing too, because I was at during spring ball when I was still at Bucky's fifth quarter, I attended a, a town hall and it was open to the media with Barry Alvarez, a director of athletics, former Wisconsin head coach, of course, former Nebraska linebacker. And, and you know, and so um, it turned, you know, the question was talking about student section and he, you know, I don't know I would, maybe wouldn't say lamented, but he explained they've tried to go and you know they've they've had they hired a DJ uh, DJ Shauna who who's fantastic she was great she did for football and basketball this season for you know for Wisconsin um, Dave he mentioned talking about shuttles going back and forth between State Street and Camp Randall which for those that don't know it's a it, it's a good twenty minute hike for when you have crowds like that from students you know or, you know coming from off campus apartments to Camp Randall so they've tried doing that too. He mentioned briefly alcohol, which was interesting. I don't know how they'd enforce it with the students, um, but you know, there. You know, he's talked about possibly. Uh, you know, he he floated that idea, which wasn't. Uh, I don't know if that was necess- like I said. I don't know if it's necessarily for the student section, or if it was for more. You know, more the general audience. Uh, so you know, the, it really is interesting just to see that They've tried to get. The students in, and you know, you see, the, you know, you talk about the kind of the, the generational clashes uh in being rebels or whatnot. I think it's you know, it's one of those things that the more they keep harping, maybe the more they'll stop. You know, they'll continue to press on. It's a it's a, a parent adult or a parent kid type thing where I'm not going to I tell you not to do something. If they're being rebellious, they're going to do it anyways. Right? They're going to even do it more. And so you know, and there's nothing. The um yeah it just that's just you know how it is and you know they've tried um to do that and in terms of get students there earlier and I, I think it's just a number of things in terms of you know it, it, maybe again yeah, it's the uh, generational differences it's the maybe you know i don't know what they can do to improve any type of policy i haven't had a chance to talk to uw about that I, i'm i'm hoping to probably in august to talk about the, you know, what they do to you know how they let students in because I think that's a really good topic that I, I want to explore a little bit more but it's also too just you know it you know there's it could also be some of the conference games and, and you know it's, like I said UW's tried uh, different avenues and um, we'll see what happens this year especially with some bigger opponents coming up
0: well I think though selling out the student section for 27 years in a row when other college football teams or other colleges have had problems trying to get anybody to buy tickets is still pretty impressive. And it's indicative that Wisconsin has a great social environment going on at their football games. Uh, I don't know if they'd want to change it too much.
1: Right. I mean, and that's one thing too, Barry mentioned uh, when he talked about he, he appreciated the students. He really appreciated. I mean, he, he made sure that he, they knew that, Hey, I appreciate you guys selling out you know, selling out the tickets. This is back in mid-April, by the way, that he had this conversation. So it is a, really, it's a, they need to, you know, I, I don't know what they need to do really, but it's it's one of those things where he, I mean, they're, they're paying the money for the student tickets. So, I mean, ideally you can do whatever you want to do, but I know for a fact that, you know, when they, the players run out of the tunnel and the student section is like halfway filled, you know, I think it could, I'm sure there's some sort of, psychological component to it but uh you know i think with bit more opponents coming up like this like i said you, you got michigan and michigan state coming up um there should be i was going to be a tough matchup uh this year too so um we'll see what comes of it but uh yeah it you know they have to walk a fine line
0: i think nebraska solved by that problem by taking their student section and sticking it over into the corner of this nation uh, the stadium where nobody gives a shit about them because oh, really? uh, yeah well yeah pretty much they're not down on the field because that's where the good tickets are and our nebraska athletic department isn't going to give up a dime if they have to you know what i mean I basically know. tom osborne when was his athletic director took the students section and shoved them into the corner of the stadium and then said well you can see up there better anyway so Oh, wow. Okay. You know, people people complain about the empty seats, but then you go, you stuck them off. And, you know, you basically said, hey, just get out of the way and let the old people have really good seats where they pay a lot more money because they're donating and things like that. You can't, I my perspective, you can't complain about our student section when that's with how you treat them. But that's not probably going to change anytime soon because, like I said, they make a lot of money selling those good seats down front.
1: Right. I mean, I think it's also part of the tradition too there. That's been going on for a while where it, you know, know, in that student section, you know, when it's rowdy or big games, it makes a big difference where, you know, you feel the emotion and the players come out of that tunnel too. So it's not like, you know, that's on the north part of the end zone and that's where the team locker rooms are and that's where they come out. So that's where it happens. That's where it all happens. So it, again. Okay.
0: where, Where our students sit is literally about as far away from the tunnel that you you can get. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. When I was there as a student, I mean, we had good seats on the sidelines and I I had, you know, like on the 20-yard line about 20 rows up. That's where I sat. And oh, wow. I I mean, Nebraska, but when I was there, I mean, we we had our beer breakfasts. We had guys that would God help him! would drink 151 Bacardi before games, and we'd have to carry him out at halftime, right? I personally never did that because I love the football games, and I love the football. I saved all, most of my drinking until after the games. And I say most, it, it, there is a disclaimer for those who come back and go, hey, remember that Oklahoma game in 1982. But, um, <clears throat> it, yeah, that's where the student section is. It's as far away from the tunnel as you can get. So yeah.
1: interesting. I mean, it's, you know, kind of going broadly back to your point about just with, you know, the Nebraska versus Wisconsin, too. I, I wonder how much, in terms of the differences between the two, John, that it goes, you know, Nebraska, you know, and it's nothing on, on Nebraska either. I mean, Wisconsin is known for the tailgating experience, not, and I'm, I'm sure Nebraska is too for sure. uh You know, I think Nebraska, Wisconsin, uh, fans like LSU and LSU came up here in 2016 for the the Lambeau thing. It was, that was a fantastic turnout. Uh, and, you know, and, and both sides, you know, Wisconsin and LSU fans were very, very respectful uh, from what I had seen there. But I mean, I think the tailgating culture too, and maybe the having uh, with multiple professional sports teams in Wisconsin, where, you know, the brewers are in Milwaukee, just about 60 to 80 minutes away. You have the Packers as well uh i think it maybe it's more even more of a social gathering uh where people are just ready you know they are it, it's part of the culture wisconsin and i'm sure you've been here john you know how it is where yeah. you know i mean look at our craft breweries that are spring up and you know i've become a beer snob after being uh, a miller lite guy a miller high life guy in in college because it was cheap uh, and, and, you know, stuff like that. Now I love my new Glarus spotted cow and not even spotted cow, but like they're Belgian. I could go on for days about how yeah. new Glarus Brewing Company is. If anyone gets a chance to come up here to Wisconsin, uh, not this year, but next year, uh, let me know and make sure you guys go to new Glarus Brewing Company, just about, uh, about 40 minutes Southwest of Madison. It's fantastic, uh, with their brews, but, uh, side tangent aside, the, you know, I think there's just the culture of Wisconsin too. Is that you know? I've gone to Brewer games countless times. This year, I went to—I didn't even go to the Brewer game. I went to the tailgate. You know, I hung out with my with my co-author, uh, you know, uh, Joe Nellis, who we wrote the the walk-on book with for Wisconsin. And you know, we hung out, we talked, and it was a so yeah, it's a social gathering. You're talking, you meet, you're networking, you're talking to other people. Um, and I think it's not like I said, it's not just Wisconsin Badgers fans. I think it goes deeper. I think it's ingrained in the culture of. You know, you go up to the Packer game. There's tons of tailgates up there, brewer games, tons of tailgates there. Um, You know, the Milwaukee Bucks just opened an Areza, arena Pfizer forum in downtown Milwaukee, where obviously you can't really tailgate down in downtown Milwaukee, but they have a little market area. So there's gathering places there and people are meeting there. It's a, it's a culture of just, um you know, people coming together and it's, they want to watch their sports teams. And, you know, the Bucks are one, a key example of being a huge, Organization that's uh, you know that that they were 15 wins, 15 wins, uh, franchise was it five, six years ago, and now they're on the doorstep. You know, uh, this year they could be the NBA Eastern Conference favorites uh, after free agency is all said and done. Uh, the Packers are always the Packers. Uh, you know, it's basically a culture of of people coming together, enjoying this. They, you know, they're enjoying a so you know, a, a football game, you know, football, especially with Packers and Badgers, and even Packers. Badgers are second in terms of football compared to the Packers in this state, uh, no matter how m- much Wisconsin wins, if they could go to this college football playoff, maybe that changes, but the Packers could have a six and 10 season in the Packer. And right. you know, it still would outdraw, uh, you know, they basically sports radio would talk about how bad the Packers are to dominate that compared to, you know, the Badgers going, you know, 13 and 0 and facing, you know, Clemson in the national title game, hypothetically. Um, that's how it, I feel, uh, you know, it, but it, oh, go ahead.
0: Explain to, for people that have never been to Madison, explain what State Street is.
1: State Street is uh okay, so it's a little just a little bit off campus. Uh well it's kinda of, actually it's on a campus, but it goes off campus. It's a mile-long strip that goes and you know, it's gonna have library mall. There's the memorial union just a hint north, you know, a block north of it, right across the street. And so it's a area where you have tons of businesses, um, restaurants, uh, and it leads up to the state capitol. And so during the summer on Saturdays, like tomorrow, uh, they may have our favorite on the square, but they usually have a farmer's market, which actually I know for a fact that uh, some of the recruits that Wisconsin's brought on, they'll take, you know, during these official visits in June, they'll take them to the farmer's market because it's a huge gathering, thousands upon thousands of people. Well, you know, a bunch of farmers get, you know, along the capitol square at all four corners of there, they sell goods. They sell, you know, pastries, meats, veggies, stuff like that. So it kind of, you know, that ends there. So there's tons of social gatherings around the capital area, but you know, it's basically, you know, they have a lot of restaurants, they have a lot of shops, it, you know, it's very much the, the heart of that downtown area runs through there, uh, that state street area. And, and, you know, my wife and I were just down there earlier this you know this this month too uh, just walking around because i think i feel we take it for granted but you know it, it's got it's a great area it got good food and it also you know it's to me it's nostalgic because i i you know i've been here now going since 2002 but uh it's just a nice area where you can grab some food have some you know nice sh- no, novelty shops here and there uh but it also leads you to the state capital area where there's tons more restaurants uh and more of a, a social nightlife too
0: is there is is there anything else about Madison you want to tell us?
1: Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, for those that within, you know, with Madison too, it's a, you know, and, and actually I've lived here now and I, we we my wife and I planted roots here because my wife, for everyone that knows, I blabber a lot, as you can probably tell on this podcast, but my wife's the brains of the operation. She was a biochem major and she, you know, we were trying to figure out after she graduated where we'd go and I was kind of floundering in retail and there's a lot of biotech companies out here. So she found one out, out here that she's still with. Uh, But it, you know, big area. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great, great city from what I know. There's tons from what I've experienced, like every city, there's things to work on. Uh, That's just, uh, you know, there's no utopia no matter how much people want to make it out to be, that's, that's how I, you know, there's still areas that the city can improve in, but there's so much to do. Uh, it's not like a big city where, you know, you can always go to Milwaukee if you want to for, for some, you know, brewers or bucks or some other sports outings, but you know, there, there's a lot to do out on the lakes. There's so many lakes around here. My wife and I, with our kids, with our three boys, every weekend we're trying to go to a different state park. And literally for, for those that like hiking or the outdoors, within 30 to 40 minutes, you have, you know, in many directions, you have state parks around you where you could make, you know, a month or two just having fun and taking hikes and and that type of stuff. So, um, so it's a, it's a great area. I think it's a good area to raise families Uh, and, you know, and for those that come to with, you know, from Nebraska to cover games, I mean, I think you'll be, you'll enjoy it. It, you know, I know there's been some, there's always going to be tension between divisional, rivals, if you will, especially with the Freedom Trophy now and, and whatnot um, and some of the, the brief history between the two programs in the Big Ten. But um, overall, I mean, I th- there's so much to do here that, you know, I know it's a smaller city, but uh, I think the, the balance between the, you know, the nature or going out just a little west or east or north or south, just outside of the city limits compared to, you know, what you can do in, inside the city, uh, it makes it a nice balance.
0: Real quick, uh, well, I don't know if we need to do it real quick. But here's the perspective. Let's talk about rivalries just for a minute. Uh, Nebraska came – you know, we left our rivalries behind for – our traditional rivalry was Oklahoma. Uh, They haven't been our rival since the Big Eight is dead. But Nebraska fans hang on to that thing, And, and many of them even now, it's still like they don't accept any new rivalries. Uh, It's still Oklahoma, despite the fact that we haven't played them on a yearly basis since, I don't know, 1990-some bloody year. But uh, Wisconsin has Minnesota and Iowa?
1: Yeah, I'd say Wisconsin Wisconsin has Minnesota and Iowa. Those are the two of the three uh, trophy games now, which, you know, obviously the third one is the Freedom Trophy with Nebraska. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any – like, yeah, I would say, I think Wisconsin – it's interesting to see kind of – with success, both football and, and with basketball even, but we'll, we'll, I'll stick with football on this that the Wisconsin fans, I'm sure that obviously the program obviously wants to win too, but you they look higher up to it. Um, you look at you know Michigan or Ohio, I think Ohio State's been the big one since they've kicked you know Wisconsin's ta- or they kicked Wisconsin's tail back in 2014, which led to Gary Anderson leaving. but uh, they also beat the Badgers you know when they're you know at home at Camp Randall, the Buckeyes did uh, back in 2016 in the night game. And then in the Big Ten championship game in 2017, uh, Wisconsin, you know, lost and they were one drive away, if, if not possibly for what should have been a pass interference call uh, and would have nullified a, a holding penalty in Wisconsin that could have decided the game there. But I think Wisconsin fans probably view Ohio State in that manner. But it's been so one sided, you can't call it a rivalry.
0: Okay, Nebraska fans have this thing about rivals, and I explained that Nebra- for many Nebraska fans, uh, Oklahoma's still our rival, even though we haven't played them for, I don't know, two decades now, something, three on a regular basis? That's kind of silly. But here's the other thing. You just named off having, what, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska all as rivals for Nebraska fans this they have this concept in their head that we can only have one rival one it's like marriage again it goes back to that religious concept that like we're going to be monogamous with somebody and I I think for there's a large section of Nebraska fans that want Wisconsin to be our rival because and it's like it's almost like proposing marriage you know Wisconsin will you please be our rival you have to accept you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and 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 What I don't get is this is not a marriage. We could have thirty rivals if we wanted to. I mean, that'd be kind of weird, but you know, we we Iowa's been shoved down our throat with the Black Friday game, and I hope to talk to an Iowa guy later about this and about how much we hate each other. But uh, Nebraska and Iowa are border. Rivals, you know, we we have the battle with the, you know, we hate you, I hate them, they hate us kind of thing going on, but it's, it's this bizarre, we can only have one thing that we can have, you know, there's no law that says we can't have Minnesota, although everybody would look down at Minnesota, we couldn't, we could have Northwestern for a rival, no we can't, they're terrible, historically we want Wisconsin because Barry Alvarez and they're red and they took our stuff and made themselves great. And they have walk-on tradition. You've never heard this, right? You've never heard that perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. I think with Wisconsin though, I think it. the main rivals Minnesota. I think after last year when Wisconsin lost the ax, I think it was a wake up call too, because after 14 years of domination where they've won 14 years in a row, uh, you know, the best, I mean, that, that's, was the huge, you know, the largest winning streak, if I'm not mistaken, for between one of the two programs in that historic, you know, longest running rivalry there. It, you know, I I think there's a main rival with Minnesota, you know, I think, and I I think that upset win at Camp Randall kind of gives them, gives Wisconsin fans, you you know, probably, and obviously the program too, kind of a wake up call of, I'm not saying Wisconsin never took, ever I'm not saying Wisconsin ever took Minnesota lately as a team. It's just, you know, the players or the program dig because they would drill at home. I remember talking to players day, you know, during that Axe week and they would be very, you know, they knew what was on the line and they'd have, you know, and former players would tell them what was on the line. So they kind of got their butts kicked. They Minnesota out, Wisconsin, Wisconsin there. And that, yeah. was, a, that was a surreal moment where, um, you know, you have Alex Hornibrook, who's no longer with the program. He contributed to four interceptions or four turnovers, three interceptions, one fumble recovery. They, Minnesota ran on him at will. And it was a, I also know, I mean, there are some things going on too, where um, I don't think, I mean, that defense for Wisconsin wasn't necessarily healthy. There's no excuses on that part, but it, you know, it, after and especially with uh, Rafael Gaglianoni, who normally a reliable kicker, the first you know three, four seasons he was there last year, he was only ten of seventeen. and you know when he missed that first field goal attempt in the first quarter when Wisconsin drove on Minnesota pretty easily, that's where like I think the tables turned where, where everyone's like, oh this isn't this is not great. uh this could, something's something's off here." And so it was a very it was a very weird game, but I, I mean, I think that is the rivalry. they have Iowa. I think I was almost more, you know, I, gosh, back in 2013, I had a chance when I was with Bucky's to interview uh, Biggie Langston, now known as Biggie in the WWE. Why? Because he's a former Iowa defensive lineman. And uh, you know, he played with Mike Daniels who's now in the Packers and I know they're friends still, but you know, the really interesting part of that was, you know, you know, he said that it was always out of respect for them. And so I think it's, you know, obviously there's a battle they have, uh, you know, the tr- their trophy there. Uh, But I I mean, I think every program has one main rival. I mean, Ohio state and Michigan uh, are a prime example there with the hatred between those, even though Michigan state, Michigan is very close to, for, for Michigan, I would say, but I think there's always one main rival. It just feels that way to me. You can have multiple rivals, but I think there's one that really gets to the soul or gets the, you know, is gritty and like, you feel it more than others. Uh, And until, Like I said, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin wants to be up in the same breath as as Ohio State, and you know, to me, it's not. They have, you know, until Wisconsin can consistently beat Ohio State, and Ohio State acknowledges that. I don't think that'll be the case, but I I really think, you know, uh, you know, like I said, with Nebraska, I find that interesting. Just because if they haven't played consistently for you know going on a couple decades, I find that interesting uh, that they still want Oklahoma. Uh, compared to what they have in the conference where I think you know Iowa set up pretty decently uh others. and others and that includes Wisconsin. I don't know if I don't think the rivalry's really kind of established yet with Wisconsin for that matter. There's a trophy there to try to kind of nudge players uh and, and the program and it's fans. But um I would say between those three that Wisconsin, you know, like that have that those trophy cases, it's Minnesota, it's Iowa and then it's Nebraska.
0: I think the Oklahoma thing comes from uh it it's not necessarily that people can't change although that's a whole long conversation about Nebraska fans and culture uh it's it has to do with the fact that when we played Oklahoma we were the best we were always the best you know it was a Tom Osborne time and Nebraska Oklahoma was the best rivalry in the nation people could argue that but whatever and but we were best and i think that's part of that is what nebraska fans are thinking we want Oklahoma to be our rival because I still have memories of us just beating the snot out of everybody. But um, I think it's just odd, though, that we can't. We, I mean, I, Iowa is a perfect rival for us. We hate them; they hate us. That's pretty obvious. But people just reject it. Just uh, we won't have this forced on us, you know? It's kind of bizarre. Uh, I gotcha. I don't know anything else we can cover on from a pan, fan perspective on Nebraska, Wisconsin. There's probably something uh, I missed. I think that's I think that's pretty
1: good. I think you've hit it on the head for your first show. I mean, I think I think you've highlighted the issues right. I mean, not even an issue. I would just say the the topics well, uh, where I mean, it's interesting to me to f- see different experiences. I've you know, I don't get a chance to. This will be the first year being a part of Rivals in the BadgerBlitz.com community that I'll be. Tr- traveling to a good portion of the road games I've gone to Illinois before uh, which uh, you know a couple years back I'll be going back there this year I'm going out to Tampa for South Florida which shares a stadium with the NFL team so you know which I think maybe it was, is interesting I want to see that dynamic between I mean and obviously South Florida is a smaller program uh, in the AAC compared to where a Big Ten program but even you know I'm hoping to get out to, to Lincoln this year uh, Columbus for that matter I'll be up in Minneapolis. So, uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see from, you know, just walking around and seeing what the fans, you know, how they take in college football on a Saturday, you know, how different it is from, from what you, what I see as a reporter, as a, you know, as a beat writer, uh, every Saturday in Madison.
0: Cool. That is, that is cool. I'd, I'd like to get to I'd like to get to every big 10 venue at some point or another, uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I get credentialed as a photographer anymore because uh, I well, I like shooting photos anymore. It's okay. kind of changed. I, I I didn't I haven't spent a lot of time in the press box. I don't like being up there. It's not that I don't like the other Nebraska media people, but I really like being right next to whatever I'm going to watch as a sporting event as a photographer. It's a it's a it's a very different perspective and it's pretty amazing absolutely so.
1: absolutely and we love what like i I've, i know a couple of guys uh that do wisconsin stuff and i mean you know and we've used a few of them you know, for buck you know for previously Bucky's with quarter and i know uh darren lee does our stuff for badgerblitz.com and yeah that's you can see it, it's a completely different experience compared to what's up in the press box and it's it's unique in that fact all right well i think we're done awesome well, hey, thanks for having me on john i appreciate Bye. you
0: Thanks for coming. I I hope we stay in touch and uh, we can, uh, you know, I can taunt you at some point. Because, you know, I was at the Melvin Gordon game, okay? Oh, you were? Okay. uh, Yes, I was. And me and a number of my other old college buddies were like we need to go to Madison because that you know could be one of the greatest experiences and I mean we were obnoxious when we were students and so we were like let's go to Madison and we got a game and I mean when they took Melvin Gordon out in the fourth quarter uh we were pissed because he had 409 yards and set a record when they took him out. And we were next to these Wisconsin fans, and we were like, why did they take him out? If he's going to kick our ass, let him smash us into the ground. It's an, it, You know what? It was like an embarrassment to us. If you're going to embarrass us, just embarrass us to death. And I didn't <laughs> think he only held that record for like two weeks, and it was broken later. They should have just kept him in the fourth quarter and run up. He could have run for 600 yards. He, if I'm not mistaken,
1: is the week after uh, Oklahoma uh, Samarje, right? I think it was that yeah, he broke the yes. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like 4:33 or something like that. So yeah, um, but yeah, but no, it's uh, it's weird, you know. Like I said, like uh, being a beat writer, reporter, it's uh, like I like having the omniscient view now, uh, and I've, I've I've always approached that even at Bucky's with quarter, I've been up in the you know, you, you know, I've ad- adhered to what a beat writer, or reporter is. Um, but it's, it's always interesting. You know, I love have, I love you guys bringing me on your show. Uh, and yeah, please keep in touch and, uh, say hi and, uh, don't, don't be, uh, don't be a stranger.
0: All right. Well, you take care of yourself. I'd say good luck with your football season, but no, (laughs) but, uh, but thanks for having me on, John. Appreciate it. Yep. Take care. You too.